What's up, gamers? I'm Tori Dominguez-Peak. And I'm Nathaniel Wilson. And welcome to Press Start. I'm so sad that I missed Mario Movie Podcast Day, that we could not make it happen last week. Aw, well, we can, we can still talk about it more if you like. Um, we, ha- we have an opportunity later. Every week is Mario Movie Week in, in our so world. True. So true, bestie. So there are a few things that did happen this week. Uh, first of all, Tears of the Kingdom trailer. My God. Did you see this? I did. Man, the music. Man, I, I, that alone sold me. Playing like the saxophone medley of all the Zelda themes. It really, really yeah. fucking got to me. It was so good. Um, Man, this this game looks crazy. Like you have a jetpack at one point. Like you're fusing your sword with your shield at one point. There seems to be some interesting companion quests with some friends from Breath of the Wild, like the the Prince of the Zoras and uh, one of the Rito bird people. And this just looks like so much fun. Uh, well, so what were your thoughts on it? I think mainly just that it looks so beautiful. Yeah. Like I've talked a little bit about how I'm not a Zelda grinder. I've never like beaten a Zelda game or got very far in any of them. Um, I had mentioned how Noah bought me. um, Which freaking game did Noah get me? Ocarina, right? Noah got me Ocarina on the 3DS and I I started it, but I was playing like a million different things at once. And so um, I haven't gotten far into it. And I'll talk later. I've been, I picked Breath of the Wild back up. um, And so we'll get to that. But um, like the, I don't pick up on like the Easter eggs. Like there's some music that I know and will recognize and it'll be like, that's cool. Mainly, I just think it's so pretty. And like looking at the way that um, the 3DS games were stylized and the art style of them and the Wii U games were stylized. And then just like this shift that they've taken in the art style of the Switch games, I think is so, so cool. And it all just looks so pretty and it, it, it's very amazing. Yeah, it's fucking gorgeous. Um, looks like there's going to be some dungeons. There's like a part where he's like dropping into a thing of lasers, like very Mission Impossible style. Um, if you play through Ocarina, I will say you're, you're going to start to recognize a lot of music. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that. And the other thing is, I feel like in my experience. In my experience, you have to be monogamous about Zelda games. Like, if you're going to play one, you're just going to have to run with it um, mm-hmm. until you're done. And then you could pick up playing whatever else. Like, I just finished a Zelda game and now I'm like playing Rocket League. I'm playing Mario Kart. I'm playing all these like head empty fun games that I was not really playing while I was playing a Zelda game. So it's just one mm-hmm. of those things for me personally. But yeah, we are incredibly excited about this. Words that describe how fucking hyped I am about this. The other thing I've been dealing with is that I feel like I need to pregame this game by like playing other Zeldas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have a month left, less than a month as we're recording this. I don't think I could do Breath of the Wild again. Yeah. I think it's too big. So yeah. I am kind of figuring out like what's my next path. Is it? Yeah, we'll get to that later, but. I, this game feels like it deserves to be pre-gamed. So. Yeah, I feel that. For, for real. Um, the other thing I wanted to flag was uh, 
there is a PlayStation State of Play, and the they had gameplay footage of Final Fantasy 16. That shit looks gorgeous. Um, the combat is really interesting, where it's action based, but there's these devil may cry moments where like a enemy will hit you and like as he's about to hit you time will slow down and you have like half a second to like quick time press a thing and you can like react or parry and it still flows well the time slowing and then going back to real time i think that's interesting some other like square enix games have done that before but it can be really clunky um it took me a while to get used to that in the final fantasy 7 remake but this seems like they've perfected the combat, and I'm really excited for it. Yeah, another one that just looks so good. Final Fantasy is another game series that I've just never played, more so because I'm afraid to approach it because the numbers of the game entries are so high that I'm just like, where the heck do you start in a franchise? And I know people say oh, like, yeah. start with whatever, start with this one, start with this one, but it's still just like, I look at it, and I'm just like, the numbers are the numbers are so high. Yeah, my first Final Fantasy game was not a numbered one, actually. I started with this one. It's on the Switch now, actually, but it's originally a GameCube game. It's called Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, and it's a spinoff that is more child friendly. Like it's like chibi characters. Um, and I actually started with that. And then I moved on to whatever numbered one was being recommended to me, the 10 remaster or seven remake or whatever, uh, what have you. But yeah, that's actually, that was my side sort of weird, like side door entry into Final Fantasy, but I actually recommend yeah. it. And it's on the Switch for 30 bucks most of the time. Uh, Crystal Chronicles. It's very cute. What were you saying you saw? Uh, the Mario Brothers movie is the highest grossing video game movie of all time. That's amazing. Okay, well, it's kind of a low bar. Like, I feel like video game movies are kind of garbage most of the time. But um, yeah. yeah, I saw this as gross, like half a billion dollars, which is fucking yeah. insane. Um, what? So what was what, what was your rating of the Mario movie? Exactly. I thought the Mario movie was good. It was not as good as the last Minions movie. And I get Ooh, it. I haven't like seen I, that. It was, the last Minions movie was good, which made me so excited when we found out that Illumination and Nintendo were working together to make the Mario movie. Because I was like, oh, that's cool. Like the, the last Minions movie I thought was really good and funny. Yeah. And I understand that they didn't have like full license to go off the rails because they're working with Nintendo, right? And so they're working inside <laughs> yeah. of like a strict set of boundaries, I feel like much more strict than obviously working with their own IP. Um, there were parts of the Mario movie that I really liked. And then there were parts where I was like, this feels too much like a Marvel movie, like a movie out of the MCU. Like after, yes. after Noah and I got out of the movie, I was like, this really felt like the MCUification of mario because yeah. it was just like quippy one-liners it's like we're gonna lose but then we get a power up and punch the bad guy in the face and it was just it was it was like especially the more it went on it was like really giving mcu and I, i'm just not a marvel guy me neither okay so there's this moment where like when mario and luigi get the star and they both like pull up and they got like their arms crossed like this 
which first of all is a great meme image. Um, but second, it did kind of feel like, I don't know, like Iron Man and some other hero banding together, maybe Iron Man and Hulk, I don't know, banding together to like go beat the shit out of someone. So it kind of had that moment. I would say the first two acts of the movie are the best, like the intro and how Mario gets to the Mushroom Kingdom and then like the Kong sunk second act slash Mario Kart act. Everything after that is kind of like meh in terms of pacing. Also, the pacing felt kind of insane. It felt Mm -hmm. like it felt like 10 miles a minute. But I was also thinking about that and like children's media that I've seen. Like children's media is just kind of different now in that like, yes, kids movies like Pixar movies were always brightly colored and like visually stimulating and interesting. It had very clear beats, but like. I feel like kids media in the past 10 years has like kind of gotten like sped up like Mm -hmm. to a shorter attention span, perhaps I think about. Stuff like Coco Melon, which I don't know how much you know about Coco Melon, but it's like this YouTube show that's now on Netflix. And it's like just a bunch of extremely brightly colored cartoon characters singing mm-hmm. nursery rhymes to children. And it's like crack for their brains. Like, I don't it's like the most overwhelming, overstimulating shit of all time. Like there are parents who like will not let their toddlers watch Coco Melon because they feel like it's yeah. actually like shortening their attention span. And yeah. like that's kind of an extreme example, but like I feel like movies have kind of gone in that way, and yeah. I feel like the Mario movie was a little bit too much in terms of like pacing and stimulus. Yeah, there was that story that came out earlier this month about um, like Charlie Cox, who is Daredevil, said that like he had a cameo in the most recent Spider-Man movie, I guess, which I still have not seen. And I guess he said that the the director told him to like take a pause when he got on screen to leave time for people in the audiences of the movie theaters to clap. And it's just like all I, I could think of that like that just kept coming to my mind when I was watching the Mario movie. Yeah. Like at the part where they get the star and they like fold their arms and it's just like it felt like spoon fed to the audience at times in ways that I didn't care about. But also like it's a kid's movie, but it was more like I felt like it was more the fan service stuff than the kids stuff that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. So that movie was full of Easter eggs. Did that like was it just too many of them for you? I don't think it was that stuff that I really had an issue with. I just I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. Mm. Yeah, it definitely was like a, there was always like a, like a knowing wink in like their lines and stuff. Definitely like I got a kick out of watching that movie as a person who grew up playing those games and as an adult. But for my like five year old nephew who has played Super Mario Odyssey, so he knows some things, but not all the things. I don't think he would really catch like, ooh, Luigi's in a spooky place with Shy Guys. That's a little Luigi's Mansion motif. Oh, Mm -hmm. like Mario has a star wing on top of his TV at the start of the movie and he's playing Kid Icarus. You know, like he'd be like, what? Like, where's Bowser? You know, like that's just... Mm -hmm. So I do feel like there was kind of almost an excessive amount of fan service. I would trade less fan service for slower paced storytelling and a heartbeat in this game. But... 
the front end of that game was straight up like references and like some of them are good like i fucking love that they had the donkey kong rap you know what i mean yeah um like shout out to seth rogan for making that happen um Mm -hmm. but yeah it, it was a little strange but i i still am thinking about it i am thinking about is this the future yeah. of video game adaptations i think we're going to see more of this type of stuff mm-hmm. and so yeah that's why i'm fine with talking about it for a second week in a row because i feel like we are going to see more of this and i also kind of wonder if the success of this movie will have any bearing on what type of mario game we're going to get in the future yeah do you know what i mean so i it i do does interest me one thing that Noah did not talk enough about on last week's episode was the uh, setting in which we watched this movie. Um, okay. I like it happened to us when we were in the theater. And then I've listened to other podcasts where people talk about seeing this movie and and like talk about this, the same thing. But I don't know if you experienced this, but in our movie theater, every time a new thing came on screen, the kids in the theater are just like, that's Donkey Kong. That's Diddy <laughs> Kong. That's Bowser. <laughs> And it was so fucking funny. Yeah, that's funny. I did not. Um, so when I I saw this, I saw this movie in a theater with like children and their parents and a couple of other like childless adults such as myself. But most people were pretty quiet. There was a couple like crying babies who had to get taken out. Um, and there was one kid who jumped up and down when he saw Donkey Kong, which like can't blame him. But I didn't hear all of like, oh, that's this. That's that. Like. If anyone, that was me whispering it to Jesse being like, that's, did you catch the star wave? Oh shit, like the GameCube ringtone. Like that was just me whispering it, but no one else was like speaking loudly about it. But I could totally see that being a kid thing. Yeah, it really didn't bother me though, which was funny. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought it was hilarious that these kids are like, oh my gosh, that's this, that's this. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it, it was a good one. So you and I have talked about The Last of Us, and now we talked about this. I feel like this is like a really big year for video game adaptations. Yeah. And like par- part of the reason I wanted to talk about this and it it like breaking this money record with you is because like, what are your thoughts on where we're going? I know there's like the the fan picture that's floating around Twitter that's like the mcu stylized version where people are like mario movie zelda movie yoshi movie donkey kong movie and like that seems like hell but i just want i want to know your thoughts on where you think we're going that seems like hell i've seen that chart it involves a metroid movie and a zelda movie which i fucking love both those franchises but please do not touch them they do not need to be adapted uh yeah i mean the zelda games not to be like real deep in the lore here but the Zelda games already have a very well-written manga series, manga adaptation that flushes out Link's character. Um, so if you want a Zelda adaptation that makes Link feel less like a self-insert, read the manga. Um, and Metroid, yeah, I, I can't see that. I do think that the Mario movies are very adaptable. Like the Mario IP, I should say, is very adaptable. Like, I could see a Luigi's Mansion spinoff. I could see a Donkey Kong thing. I could see that sort of a thing that, I mean, they had like one of the star, little star guys from Mario Galaxy in that movie. So I could see them going a kind of like Mario Galaxy Rosalina route. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But I don't fucking want them to touch anything else. I don't think everything should be adapted. Uh, I think Mario is probably their safest bet. Um, I do know that... So this is kind of a funny thing that you mentioned this. There was talks of a Zelda Netflix series that were shut down pretty early on. So, like, this is not the first time Nintendo has tried to launch an adaptation of one of their IPs with, like, a big production company. Um, But, like, I don't know. I can't see any other franchise from Nintendo, at least, other than Mario really Mm -hmm. doing well here. I mean, yeah. And as for other games, like, Last of Us was, like... I think The Last of Us has always wanted to be a movie or a TV show. You know what I mean? Like, just the way that game is. It feels like you're playing a movie. So that was probably the most, again, just easily adaptable thing. But then when you look at past game adaptations, like there was a Resident Evil Netflix show that came out like a year or two ago, and it was not good. Um, And then you look at those like Tom Holland, like like, Tom Holland Uncharted movie. Mm -hmm. That was not great. So I think I think it's going to continue to be a mixed bag. I think we've had like two home runs, but not every every time is going to be a home run. You think they're outliers? I think they're outliers. Yeah. I mean, I cannot think of a more more adaptable game IPs than The Last of Us and Mario. Like, I, I'm simply racking my brain. I mean, Pokemon has been doing that for like 30 years mm-hmm. in the form of anime and movies. So like that's already like in the bag. Um, and they had their heyday like 25 years ago. But I can't, I really can't think of anything else. I mean, could you think of something that you would love to see adapted personally? Fortnite. <laughs> we need like the Fortnite TV show, like we got the Cyberpunk TV show. Oh, okay. Actually, thank you for saying that. The Cyberpunk show is also very good. And it's also an example of this like sort of games adaptation like Renaissance we're sort of going through. Mm-hmm. I just wonder how long this will last. Like, I wonder if they're going to make that second Mario movie or they're going to make that Zelda Netflix show and it's going to fucking bomb. I feel like the other shoe's going to drop. I need the second Mario movie to come out, but when they need to travel a long distance instead of the cart scene, it's uh, Mario Golf Super Rush and they play the speed golf. And have to hit the ball and run after it. And that's how they travel a long distance. Yeah. Actually, I could see a Paper Mario, like, little spinoff short or TV show being really fucking cute. Like, storybook type of thing. But do you, like, a a short, I don't feel like would be their style. Like, I feel like they want to blow something out, which is, like, what they did with this Mario movie. They want to go break the record and be the highest grossing video game movie of all time, you know? they Like, they want to go get... They want to make bank and they want to sell the games. Yeah, you know, it's true. And again, like if they keep making good video game adaptations that sell tens of millions of dollars, like I will eat my hat and that's fine. But I just I, I don't know, I'm actually really waiting for the other shoe to drop on this because I don't know how long this mm-hmm. can be sustained. I will say these types of games are adapted, have a better chance of being good adaptions when they're not live action. Like, there was an yeah. attempt to make a live-action Mario Brothers. I mean, it happened in the 90s. It was a fucking disaster. Mm-hmm. Like, if they are going to, say, make a Zelda or Metroid show, which first I think it should be some sort of, like, anime type of style, because there's mm-hmm. been a well-established canon of Zelda manga that has a- accompanied those games. 
it would need to be animated. Like, I don't want to see Tom Holland or Timothee Chalamet in Link's green tunic mm-hmm. and Anya Taylor-Joy be Zelda. Like, just fucking nightmare. Nightmare fuel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't need to see it. <laughs> Can't even think of a cast that would, like, even even suit that. Um, maybe Metroid could pull off being live action if they really do the CGI well enough and make Samus, like, in a cool suit. Mm-hmm. But again, those those aliens and those monsters are are really cartoony. Even in Metroid Prime, like some of them look kind of goofy. Like they're floating mm-hmm. brains. Like they're weird scythe armed aliens and with purple suits and shit. Don't know how you do that without making it look like Spy Kids three game over. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I I'm curious about these. I'll look if if they continue to make them, I will continue to watch them. That's for sure. Yeah. At least until they give us enough crappy products where you have to tune out. Like once it becomes Marvel, once it becomes Star Wars, where it's like f- the market is flooded, then people will tune out. Yeah, that's the other thing is like Star Wars is kind of interesting in that it's like an endless IP because they keep making spinoffs in these like B-rated TV shows. Mm-hmm. And then once every few years, they make like an actual serious movie. And I could kind of see Nintendo going that route where they do like a little bit of Mario, a little bit of Pokemon, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then they make like one main entry Mario movie or Mm -hmm. one main entry Zelda movie. So I could see that. But also when you do that, you basically flood the zone with shit. And then every three years, like, hey, we we made a really good thing this time. And then everyone else is just like, man, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch for sure. And I, again, I'm interested and slightly concerned about not how much games are influencing movies, but how those movies will then go to influence the games. Yeah. Do you want to talk about what we've been playing? Yeah, I can go first. Go for it. So I hit up you and Noah last week, maybe the week before, about how I've been playing Persona 3 portable on my switch yes um i actually hit you guys up and i was like i'm 19 hours in these are my thoughts and then i literally have not played since i messaged you guys and i just keep telling myself like i'm gonna go back but we'll see what happens but i need to get back to it yeah so 19 hours in like what time of year do you know what month you're in man it is the beginning of june I think. Okay. Okay. I've had, I've gone through two full moons. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I'm on floor 60 something of Tartarus. Do you want me to tell you how many floors there are? You know how many floors there are. I looked it up. There's like 264, right? Uh, Maybe in the portable version. In the version I played, there's like 300. Um, There's a lot of fucking floors, man. Uh, yeah. So you are, yeah, you are not super far in for sure no i'm not this game is a a grind fest and i took a break for a month yeah like when i was two-thirds in a very very major plot event character death happens around i would say two-thirds of the game i don't want to say exactly when two-thirds in the game it's a huge plot shift people start acting different after that shit happens and i kind of took that as my cue to like i need to take a break 
And so I just didn't touch it for four weeks. And I actually didn't play anything else during those four weeks. I just like read mm. books and just like did not touch my console. So yeah. this is a game that you'll have to keep coming back to and chipping away at. Yeah. The thing is, like I bought FES on the PS3 and had started to play it. Yeah. And then everything outside of actually playing the game took so long, like whether it was the intro cutscenes yeah. or like having to move between rooms in the classroom or in the dorm or blah 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 and i was just like whoa this is my first game i've like ever played in this style and it's too much like i feel like this will take me too long to even get to a point where i feel like i'm playing it yeah and so i just kind of put it down and and like wanted to pick it back up again but never did but this time i'm playing portable and all that stuff is crazy streamlined yeah like insanely streamlined it seems like this game they chop like hours and hours off the front of it, which I think is is pretty insane. Um, the first cutscene is like two minutes long. And then after that, like instead of showing you cutscenes, they just like have a, you know what it looks like where it's like the player pops up and then the text bubble is under them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like that. And they're like, oh, this <laughs> happened, this happened, this happened. Instead of like showing you what happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, the I, I'm pretty sure that in portable, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that they like they don't even show the cutscene for when you first meet the little ghost boy. It just like goes right into you talking to him, and then it it's not very long, and then someone asks you, they're like, Did this happen? And I was kind of like, huh? Because it's just they they just like crunch the front end. So I would say I highly, highly recommend, I'll send it to you. I recommend watching YouTube videos of the PS2 version cutscenes. Because Noah yeah. was like, man, this thing happens kind of crazy. And I was like, dude, I got a whole anime cutscene. It looked like this. It was fucking crazy. And like, I sent it to him and he was like, oh my God, these look yeah. like, so cool. Um, so I'll send you some of them and you can okay. like watch the compilation of them. Try not to spoil yourself, but like, they do look yeah. really cool. The ones towards the end when like major plot events happen are really, really cool. So, yeah, I I mean, I've seen the one because I started the game, like the opening cutscene where uh, the main character is on the train mm-hmm. and like that looks so cool. And the one where it's like he's sitting in the room and has the gun thing and holds it to his head mm-hmm. and like very cool. Um, but that's just like not in portable, which I get as a drawback. But then also I feel like I'm going through it so much faster, which I like. Um, the thing is like so I I was having a lot of trouble with Tartarus at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because I wasn't like scouting the opponents that i was going up against and so i was like figuring out every single time i fought someone like what is working instead of um calling back to what's your face and being like tell me this dude's weakness tell me this dude's strength you know and so after i started doing that it started going better but i love 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 the life sim parts of the game and then it's the grinding tartarus that is that has me like, okay, I've had enough of this game. I need to pause it and turn it off for the day. Yeah. The the life sim parts, do you feel like a little treat? You know, like after you clear a full moon boss, you're like, oh, I get to go back to the arcade. You know, oh, I get yes. to talk to these old people at the bookstore. Um, yes. 
I I love I love those those moments. Like I hate when I wake up and go to school and then it's just like you have to go immediately back to the dorm for a meeting tonight. And I'm like, God damn it, like let me have my one little social interaction for the day, please. Yeah. I was just grinding all night so that I could go to sewing club with BB. Yeah, please let me go to sewing club. Oh BB, I love him. That's yeah. such a good social link. Ah, yeah. Fashionable king. With his little French accent? Yeah. Amazing. And so I was playing that. I'm taking a break from it because I want to play as much of Breath of the Wild as I can before Tears of the Kingdom come out. Yeah. And so I think I talked to Noah about this, but I haven't talked to you about it. Um, I bought Breath of the Wild in 2020, I think, not long after I got my Switch. Okay. Um, but after I got my switch, I was just in that mode of like, I got a new console. I need games for it. Yeah. And so breath of the wild was a game that I turned on and played for probably two hours. And I was just like, I am going to pick something else up. And I never went back to it. Mm. Um, and then I was like, tears of the kingdom is coming out and I want to go through breath of the wild. And so at first I was like, I should just watch a let's play of it. Yeah. Um, and so I started watching one and then I was like, no, I want to play this. This looks cool. And so I don't know how long I've played it. Probably I, I'm probably like six or so hours into it. Mm. Um, I, I die all the time and I don't know if that's regular or if I suck at this game, but like no. just traversing the map, I'm just getting clapped. No, that's normal. Yeah. This game will absolutely like fuck you up. Um, yeah. Especially when you're in the beginning, you're just like basically running around like in your underwear with a stick. Like you're like, damn, I could really use some clothes. Like I could yeah. really use a real sword. <laughs> That's the point. That's the point. There is a really interesting and well-loved uh, mini game you encounter. I don't know how much you want me to tell you about this. There's a mini game you can encounter in Breath of the Wild where the challenge is to face some of the more challenging enemies in that game when you have no clothes and no weapons. Okay. Um, so like it the game wants you to kind of struggle at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. So we have let me look at the calendar. There are It comes out on the twelfth. Yeah, so we have twenty six days till this yeah. game comes out. Uh, you could beat it. You could beat it if you just like just stuck to like a little bit of exploration here and there, but mostly just like making a beeline for those divine beasts. I don't think yeah. you're going to like 100 percent all the shrines and get all like freaking 5000 Korok seeds. Mm -hmm. But I think you could hit some of the main points of this game and get the idea of what this is all about. In 26 days, if you dedicate if you don't play anything else but that. Yeah. And you go nose down for like a couple, like three and a half weeks and play like an hour or two every day. I think yeah, you can get through at least the bulk of it. I think Jedi Survivor comes out on like the 28th. Yeah. And I that's soon. I'm trying I'm trying to figure out if I want to buy that and play it up front or not. And I feel like I kind of really do, even though I bought the first one of those games on release day 
I played it for a while and I hated it. And then I came back to it and loved it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. If you manage to come back to it after being bounced off and you still manage to enjoy it, you'll, you might still like the second one. Those yeah. games aren't terribly long, right? No. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, if you just squeeze in a few days of that in the middle of your Zelda-thon, I'm sure you can make it work. I feel like <laughs> I need to... I want to get... I want to buy Jedi Survivor and then beat it so that I Noah and I can meet in Ocala and I can give him my Xbox for him to play it. Mm. Since he just keeps talking about how he's not going to play it because he won't buy a new console. So he just has to borrow my Xbox. That's fair. I think you guys could both do like a Jedi Survivor themed episode. Yeah, I'm trying to get through. I, I will be trying to get through as much of those two games as I can before Tears of the Kingdom comes out. Because yeah. I want to get that on release and I want to play it because I feel like everyone will be playing yeah, it. Yeah, that's definitely that's this year's album ring for sure. Yeah. And like hearing you guys talk about playing Elden Ring and feeling like you're playing it with the entire internet yeah. is just like, that's so cool to me. And I want to do that. And that's totally what it's going to be. Yeah. And so I need to be a part of that this year. For real, for real. And I bought the Nintendo Switch online store voucher oh. so i could pre-order it because nice. i i told you i wanted to get pokemon scarlet and yes. so that's another game that i have now that i've not played at all because i'm playing this other stuff yeah but i bought the voucher because i wanted to pre-order tears of the kingdom and like spend a hundred bucks and get these two games instead of spending 130 bucks you that's know? smart yeah and so yeah yeah that'll be good you have to be updated on how you're doing with your your considerable backlog backlog and also your Breath of the Wild in 26 days. That's like around the world in 85 days, like around Hyrule in 26 days. <laughs> I've been I've like brave. done a little research trying to see how long it's taken it's taken people to beat the story mode of the game. Yeah. And I've seen like 50 hours. Okay. Um and so I feel like that's not out of the realm of possibility. No, you'll just have to consistently play two hours a day. Yeah. Um, it's really hard for me to tell because I did every single shrine and I did DLCs. So when I look at my like thing on my switch profile, it says I've spent 160 hours. So I, I can't yeah. tell you, it doesn't break it down how many of those hours were story mm -hmm. and how many of those hours would just be fucking around or doing DLC or being a completionist yeah. about everything. So yeah. I, I could believe 50 hours. Um, if you knew wh what you were doing and where you were going and was very, you were very efficient about it, I think you could do it. Mm -hmm. What are you playing? I just finished, speaking of Zelda games, I just finished The Link Between Worlds. Um, it's really cute. It was a similar art, art style to the Link's Awakening remake, but it was on 3DS. I really like the puzzles in this game. Every Zelda game kind of has its own weird gimmick. Um, and this game's gimmick is that you can become a painting. Basically, you can become two dimensional on the wall, like Flat Stanley. And like, that's your way of like crossing between platforms. Like, let's say you're on a rock and you need to get to a, a bigger rock across from you, but it's too far for you to jump. Just become one with the wall and just like slide over. You know, so there's a lot of interesting puzzles that involve you sliding around, which I like a lot. And 
um, very interesting with it's like there's two versions of Hyrule and you're going back and forth between two of them. It's fast traveling and it's it's very interesting. Lots of good puzzles. Um, I think I probably spent about 16 hours on it. It was like a good bite sized puzzle game. Um, so I did that. I also uh, we got in a mood this weekend where we just wanted to play Mario Kart. And mm. I was like, oh, shit, like I, I've had Mario Kart 8 since I had the Switch. Um, but I have the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack, which includes those like DLC courses in Mario Kart 8. Mm-hmm. And I haven't even touched them. And I was like, oh, my God, like, let's let's check it out. And they're on the second wave. There's going to be three waves. So they're going to release the third wave of new courses later this year. But they added two rounds of courses. I think so far there's like 20 something courses they've Mm -hmm. added. So it's a considerable amount. Um, And some of them are just uh, complete remasters of older courses from the Game Boy Advance, from the Wii. So some of them will be familiar to you if you've grown up playing Mario Kart, but half of them, I would say, are brand new. Mm -hmm. And I really don't fuck with those. They have these courses that are supposed to be like cities of the world, like Berlin, Singapore, Tokyo, New York. And they fucking suck. They're so bad. They're so convoluted. They're full of so many twists and turns that you don't even know where you're going half the time. Um, There's one in Amsterdam where you're supposed to crash into the water, but it doesn't style itself as an underwater course. So when you crash into the water, you're like, oh shit, am I supposed to be doing this? And Mm. it's very confusing. Like I... It is kind of sensory overload-ish, and I was playing it with Jesse. We're playing through the Tokyo one, or there's one that's like inside a, a Japanese shrine, the way it's styled, like through a Tory gate into a shrine. And Jesse and I were playing it, and he was like, Well, I think I think I was like, you know, if I was like eight years old, I would have no idea how to get through this course. And it's also those courses that with each lap, they don't repeat. Like they look different mm-hmm. on each lap. There's different paths that open up to you in each lap so you're like oh shit i didn't take this way last time is this right um so i don't know it was a lot of second guessing myself more second guessing than i think mario kart should involve frankly mm-hmm. and i do not like those but the remastered versions of the old courses they've recently added are fantastic and they're beautiful i love the maple tree way they added back from the mario kart wii um they look great uh, but yeah, I those are my thoughts. I'm very like anti new Mario Kart courses. Go off. Yeah. I remember I think I've still only played the first set of courses that they dropped. So they're like the first four. Yeah. Um, And I went through them and I was like, OK, whatever. I was like Coconut Mall remaster. Cool. Yeah. The cars don't move at the end. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to not not really playing Mario Kart very often. Yeah, I, it's something that I I binge Mario Kart like once a year. It's either I'm in a mood for it by myself or I'm with family and my cousins or my brother wants to play it with me. It's kind of like that game. Like I always I whenever I take my switch anywhere, and I have like a little case of the cartridges. I always have a Mario Kart in there in case like someone's in the mood for it. So I had my once a year craving for it and I I'm good. <laughs> um and yeah, that's pretty much all I have. I, I like I said earlier, I'm toying with what Zelda game I want to pregame 
Tears of the Kingdom with next. I'm kind of torn between Majora's Mask, Minish Cap, and Breath of the Wild. Jesse really wants me to play Majora's Mask because he's never seen that game. He played Ocarina. He was like, oh, I'd like to see how that sequel is. So I'm like, mm, maybe I should just play. It's not an overly long game. I mean, I would argue shorter than Ocarina. There's like only half as many dungeons as Ocarina, but it's loaded to the brim with like side quests and you can really flesh it out mm. as much as you want to. Um, so I, I might do that. Would you play that on the N64 expansion pass so he could watch you? I played that um, on my Switch online. Yeah. N64. I mean, I have an N64 with Majora's Mask in, in the cartridge mm. and right there. But um, we're going to be traveling the next month. We're going to be visiting yeah. some friends and family in California in a couple of weeks. And so I'm just like, oh, I should, like, if I'm going to do that, I'm probably just going to play it on the Switch. So, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, that's pretty much pretty much what's been up. Nathaniel, where can we find you? People can find me on Twitter.com at Nathan Based. And you can find me online, unfortunately, way too often at Tori underscore as underscore always. It'll be on the shitty Doge app until it literally can no longer function. Apparently, I guess we're just going to continue to be on that. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. The show is on Twitter at press underscore start pod or on Tumblr at press hyphen start pod. Our intro and outro music are from the artist Geist, and you can listen to more of their stuff at noahgeist.bandcamp.com. Our show art's by Kai at Wisp Graphics. If you got any questions, you can always email the show at heypressstart at gmail.com. And of course, we'd appreciate it if you left a review on your podcatcher of choice. And as always, keep playing video games.